It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This week, Hillary Clinton faces more criticism for using a personal email account as Secretary of State. Donald Trump and Clinton get nasty with each other as the general election polls tighten. She's as crooked as they come. And Bernie Sanders continues to complicate the Democratic race as he prays for a Hail Mary victory in the California primary in early June. If we can win and win big here in California, that will give us the momentum to get to the White House. Welcome to the FT's U.S. Election Countdown podcast. I'm Dimitri Sevastopoulos. And I'm Courtney Weaver. We're coming to you this week from Washington, D.C., where the State Department's Inspector General and Internal Watchdog has just released a report sharply criticizing the security risks Hillary Clinton created by using a personal email account and private email server. Dimitri, do you want to just run through uh, what the findings of this report were? Yeah, so this is really interesting. The report concluded that Hillary Clinton didn't ask for legal approval to take this really unusual move. It said that she created, quote-unquote, security risks by using this kind of private homebrew server, as some people describe it. And she also refused to be questioned by investigators who were looking into the issue. So it's a pretty critical report. Um, Now, Clinton has come out and said, well, you know, the report also showed that former secretaries of state, such as Colin Powell, uh, used private email in the past. And that's true. Colin Powell did actually email Jack Straw, the British Foreign Secretary, uh, at one point during the Iraq War. But what's unusual about what Clinton did is she actually set up a private server in her home. Um, and when she stepped down as Secretary of State, she didn't hand over all of the official uh, emails, documents that had gone across that email server uh, during her time in the State Department which the Inspector General has also said she should have done. So the Clinton campaign is trying to spin this as, well, really nothing's different from previous Secretaries of State, but it's actually quite a critical report that she's going to uh, be haunted by, uh, especially as Donald Trump starts to uh, to tweet at her. Right, exactly. And I think this just contributes to the drip, drip, drip of this unending scandal with the controversy over the server and about the private emails uh, in addition to this internal inquiry at the State Department, there are other, many other separate probes going on. Uh, one is being conducted right now by the FBI. Um, earlier this month, the FBI director said that the investigation was still ongoing, but they understand that there's pressure to wrap it up uh, quickly because obviously the Democratic National Convention is right around the corner in July, uh, and then you have the general election in the November. Uh, and then separately from that, there are two other probes. One is by the U.S. intelligence community, which is part of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Um, and then separately from that, there's another case right now um, in the U.S. court system where uh, a U.S. district judge has agreed to let uh, Huma Abedin, who's one of Clinton's top aides, um, testify in regards to the server and the emails. Um, and there's a chance that Clinton could testify in that case as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, if you talk to lawyers in Washington, including Republican lawyers who have no um, fondness for Clinton, most people will say that it's it's highly likely that none of these investigations, and particularly the FBI investigation, will lead to any kind of an indictment of Clinton herself. 
But I think what it does is it just reinforces the perception in the country among Republicans, independents, and a fair number of Democrats that she's not trustworthy. And you've seen poll numbers which show that you know roughly two-thirds of Americans think that Hillary Clinton is either dishonest or not trustworthy. While it's true that Donald Trump also faces kind of similar negative numbers, Hillary Clinton has this languishing problem that she's been unable to to, to deflect, and I think it's going to come back and keep eating at her during the presidential campaign. One of the interesting things is several hours after the IG report became available, uh, Donald Trump hadn't actually responded on Twitter and said anything. So it's a, that's kind of a curious development. But I'm, I'm sure that he'll be back online soon and um, we'll have something to say. So how do you see the Trump Clinton race at the moment? I think it's really interesting. I mean, we're starting to see how the two candidates are going to go after each other for the next few months up until November. And on the Clinton side, at least, there seem to be two strategies. So they watch, you know, all these Republican opponents try to to beat Trump at his own game uh, during the Republican primary and fail miserably. And so they're very confident that they can do better than the Jeb Bush team did, for instance, uh, or some of the other Republican opponents like Marco Rubio. And what they're really trying to do is hit Trump on two two things. The first is uh, they're trying to to mar his business record and basically say that even though he's been able to rally support among so many um, white working class voters, that actually he's not a friend of the working class. And they came out with a video, a new ad this week, in which they replayed comments that Trump had made in 2006, uh, in which he said that he thought it would be good for him as a businessman if the housing market bubble burst because he would be able to buy the properties at a low price. And, you know, a lot of these Trump voters, they're still reeling from the consequences of the 2008 crash, and they haven't really been made whole again. Um, so the Clinton yeah. team thinks that they can reach out to these voters that way by, you know, making this economic argument that, um, you know, Trump has no no soul as a businessman, and he's going after these, you know, working people like like his supporters. That's true. I mean, it also it's going to be a really interesting test of the question of whether Trump is going to continue to be Teflon Trump. I mean, if you look at his campaign, he's said many things during the campaign where he's defended his actions in the past by saying that was then, this is now. You know, I used to be a businessman, therefore it was okay to pay lobbyists, but mm-hmm. now I'm running for president, so I don't think lobbyists are a good idea. And, you know, he's responded to the Clinton attack this week by saying, hey, of course I said that. I was a businessman. I'm a businessman trying to make money. What would you expect me to do? Um, I was doing the job I was paid to do, and if I'm president, I'll be doing a different job. And the, the key question is whether voters will actually buy that um, or whether Clinton will be the first person to actually find the kind of Achilles heel of Trump. And I think we're just going to have to wait and see how the poll numbers uh, come out over the next few weeks to see whether she's had any success on that front. I mean, I think it's so interesting. You really could not pick two different candidates to go up against each other in the general election. They have such different strategies. I mean, Trump is, uh, you know, this new kind of political animal. As we know, he uses Twitter as his main medium of communication. He speaks off the cuff. Every rally you go to, he gives a different speech. He says these very controversial statements that would be a death sentence for a normal politician, yet he seems to ride this through. And and then Hillary Clinton is on the opposite end of the spectrum, where she's very scripted. She's very cautious. She she almost has this pause when she speaks, you know, where she wants to make sure she gives the perfectly politically, um, you know, politically attuned answer. Once we have, you know, the end of the Democratic primary, I think the contrast between these two candidates is going to be very stark. And it will just be interesting to see how Clinton responds to being up against Trump in a one-on-one match. You know, does she try to become more authentic? Does she 
mean, what is she going to reveal about herself that makes, you know, voters feel like she's more genuine and, you know, uh, hits at this honest and trustworthy question that you you brought up? Well, it's I mean, on the one hand, she's this incredibly disciplined politician, as you say. I mean, she showed that uh, last year when she was questioned by the, the Benghazi committee on Capitol Hill, who were looking into the uh, the killing of the American diplomat in Libya. And she endured something like, I think, 11 hours of testimony, and she really never flinched. I mean, she was completely in control. Uh, on the other hand, to take on Trump is self-discipline and control the best way to attack him. And so in some ways, he might bring out a different side in her, and we might see a much more aggressive and less cautious uh, Hillary Clinton, um, which would make for a very interesting race. And I mean, if you look at the poll numbers right now, if you think about it, when Trump launched his campaign in June 2016, that famous scene where he came down the escalator at Trump Tower, which he likes to talk about all the time, you know, everyone thought it was a joke. Um, but today, if you look at the poll numbers, I mean, in the latest average of recent polls by Real Clear Politics, Trump is actually nationally slightly ahead of Clinton. And I don't think anyone would have put money on that a year ago. So we've still got more than five months to go to the election, I think. You know, anything can happen. Speaking of which, uh, Bernie Sanders is still happening. What's uh, the latest on Bernie and the and the Democratic race, and, and why is he still here? Uh, so Bernie Sanders is very much still in the race. Um, I think he is going to, to hang on until the very, very end. As we know, he's won um, a string of recent primaries, uh, and the one primary he didn't win, which was in Kentucky, uh, he and his campaign are now contesting the results of that of that vote. And you have an interesting thing here where, you know, at the beginning of the primary, it was a very cordial relationship between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton and um, the Democratic National Committee. You know, he famously said he wasn't going to go after Clinton and her damn emails, you know, even though most of his campaign platform is criticizing the, the current electoral system. Um, he really pl- he really played nice for, for most of the, the primary. And now that it's reaching the end, he's become a lot more... Uh, direct in his attacks on Clinton. So, you know, in recent speeches, like he was in California this week, um, he has gone after her. And, you know, he said that you know, we're going to win in California. He's criticized her for not agreeing to a final Democratic debate. Uh, he's gone after the chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's facing her own primary um, run in uh, Florida in August. And uh, Bernie Sanders has actually endorsed her opponent, which is a pretty bold move, if, if I do say so. Basically, what he's doing is he wants to get as much leverage as possible um, ahead of the Democratic National Convention in July. I mean, maybe he's going to look for um, certain policy points, you know, such as a $15 federal minimum wage, um, and just looking for points where he can exert control and influence over both Clinton and the Democratic Party. You know, yeah. he's been uh, mauled as a potential VP for Clinton, which I think is highly unlikely. But I mean, you really have to give credit to him to to what a successful campaign he has run, given the Clinton machine he was up against, um, and you know this grassroots movement that he's inspired. No, it's amazing, and he's still raising uh, you know uh, large amounts of money. So. But uh, even though he remains in the race, I mean, political pundits and prognosticators are all focused now on how Clinton and Trump will prepare for what's expected to be a very ugly general election. And I guess what we saw this week is just a taste of what's to come. Um, so that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Dimi Sevastopulo, D-I-M-I-S-E-V-A-S-T-O-P-U-L-O. And Courtney's at Courtney underscore FT, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y underscore F-T. And you can also sign up for our daily campaign trail newsletter. 
uh, White House Countdown at FT.com forward slash NBE. That stands for News by Email. So FT.com forward slash NBE. And make sure you download FT Politics wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Acast. This podcast was produced and edited by Amy King. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.